What's up, RSL Nation? It's your boys, Vadel and the Baker, with what we like to call a post-match quickie. Uh, we'll go ahead and be breaking down the greatest of all time. First half, second half of the uh, Houston Dynamo game. And we'll be getting into uh, what us making the playoffs means, but more importantly, what the playoff picture currently looks like. Tune in for a post-match quickie. Dun -na -na, dun -na -na. What's up, Adele? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing real good right about now. How are you? You know, I had a thought as we were taking tracks home today. That's dangerous. It very much is. Don't think in tracks. <laughs> Don't think in tracks, RSL Nation. You heard it here. No, man, I was thinking it's, it's really, really, really hard not to be romantic about this game. And when I say this game, I mean footy in general. Uh, oh, okay. Romantic or hopelessly romantic? I mean, <laughs> pick your romanticism, I guess. But uh, I watched a grown man stand in front of hundreds of other grown people. As oh, I think you're selling that short. There was thousands. Right, but I'm specifically I'm specifically talking the the riot. But yeah, there were there were still thousands left in the stadium. Um, I watched a grown man tearing up about a game in front of thousands of people who were equally tearing up about this man who had played this game so well. And I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just trying to assign meaning in a meaningless world. I'm trying to make it out to be a bigger thing than it needs to be. But if that doesn't make you feel good about this game, I don't know what does. Well, all you were missing there is on a cold September Salt Lake evening. And it would have been poetic in addition to romantic. And <laughs> there it is. No, you, man. You, you're absolutely correct. So this is one of those. First of all, I have never seen that many people stay behind after a game in Rio Tinto Stadium. Right. That was incredible. That must right. have been, I don't know, I'm, not a, I'm not the best judge of numbers, but 10,000 people there. Yeah, mo everyone in the South Stand was there. Most of 35 was still there. Everyone on the East Side was still there. Honestly, the only place I could see people leaving was the West Stands, which, you know, we know that. So they like, never showed up in many cases. Right, yeah. It was. It looked like almost a half-full stadium. For sure, just to watch this guy say goodbye. 10 minutes, 15 minutes after the game was over. Which and is it was unheard cold. of. Unheard of, our salvation. No, it was amazing. But you hit the nail on the head there. Yes, that's what the game is about. It's not a game. So I do have to explain this because I work in... in Let's just say it this way. I, I work with individuals, many of whom do not believe, well, most of whom believe that sports is a waste of time. I have loved ones who think sports is a waste of time, i.e. my mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, because they look at it as the jock sport, the, the, the competition, the, the kicking the ball in this case, or throwing the ball, or alley-ooping the ball. doesn't matter what the sport is. I think a lot of those people are missing the the part where you are a part of something greater than you. Right. Right. So it's it's not all about the wins and the losses and the ties and the goals and the saves. Right. Or the cups and the championships and all those things. It's about buying into something that is greater than you and something you are a part of. And tonight we said goodbye, at least hopefully I really hope it's not the very last home game Nick Romando plays mm -hmm. in Rio Tinto because there is an outside chance. Well, actually, there's a decent chance we have a home game in the playoffs. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a punch. But it's absolutely the last regular season playoff game this man will ever play. Uh, regular season uh, MLS game this man will ever play at Rio Tinto Stadium. Unless something crazy happens, <laughs> but I don't think that will. And it was an opportunity to... It's uh, Look, it's, this is not... He's been with the club for... What is it, like 12 years or something? Yeah, yeah, some, some number like that. We, you and I, and thousands and tens of thousands of other RSLers have, over the past more than a decade, made our way to the Rio Tinto Stadium, and in many cases to other cities, to watch this person represent our colors, our jerseys, to chant his name many times over, watch him win us things and lose us things we've been frustrated with him we've been happy with him right it's it's like a part of you is leaving it that there's no there's no easier yeah. clearer way to say it it's, it's not just some guy that you were paying hell if you live in a, an apartment and you have a mosquito that's in the apartment every single day for two years <laughs> when it's gone you you're like uh you're gonna get attached. I, yeah, right? I got attached to it. Yeah. Just, just to be clear, so he did get a start in uh, with the Miami Fusion back in 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, then he did the whole MLS Pro thing, DC United for uh, four years. And then in 2007, Nick Romando, uh, uh, yeah, Nicholas Paul Romando showed up at, you know, in in Salt Lake City, Utah. It wasn't even Rio Tinto at the time. It was, it was Rice Cycles, and he's been our he's been our starting keeper ever since. In the meantime, broke literally every single goalkeeping record in Major League Soccer. For sure, yeah. Save starts, shutouts, games played. Yeah, minutes. Minutes. Yeah. Everything you can think of. I still strongly believe, and this is like a no-brainer, I think, but he's one of the four pillars. We talk about we talk about there should be four statues at Rio Tinto, one in each corner. Right. Jason Kreis, Nick Romando. Kyle Beckerman, Javier Morales, right? There Those should be the four corners that are covered, and he will forever be. It doesn't. It does not really matter what else happens in RSL history going forward. Right. We could win the cup eight years in a row. Yeah. yeah. Let's go with that <laughs> I one. I mean, we couldn't, but okay. Um, but Nick Romando will always and forever have a place, not just in fans' hearts. You have to remember one other thing. You don't know RSL without Nick Romando. Right. Yeah, the, the idea of, like, other keepers blows my mind. How many kids got hooked on soccer, or RSL specifically, because of some of the things Nick Romano right. has done, has been doing, is doing still? I, I, let's take it one further. So you and I went to Portland uh, for the uh, uh, regular season last match of right. the season last year. And, you know, we, we, we went to a few soccer bars, and, and we made some friends, and, like, the second thing out of their mouth after, oh, you guys are RSL fans, is, man, that Romando guy. Right. Like, I hope he doesn't have a good game tomorrow. There's the uh, occasional are you Mormons, but other than that. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. It's, um, like, so So I think about those four pillars, and and to me, Romando's the one that I think embodied the club the most. So, like, Javier Morales is just, like, talent from... You know, bottom of his feet to the top of his head. Kyle Beckerman is attitude from the bottom of his feet to the top of the head. Nick Romando, I let's just get this out of the way, shouldn't have been a keeper. 
right? Like, by all... Yeah, I'm quant- glad he decided to do it anyways. Right, by all quantifiable metrics of the game and, and by what you quote-unquote call a regular keeper's body, he's not the right, guy. Right, right. And, and here's this dude who was like, well, you know what? Fuck that. <laughs> right. And, and very quickly became the best at it, mm-hmm. at, at least in the league that he played in. Yes. And, and if that doesn't embody the RSL spirit, the, this whole like chip on my shoulder, I don't care what you expect of me, I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway mentality that every single RSL fan shares, I don't know what does. And I think that's, why, that's why we love him so much. I think it's him and Kyle. I think Kyle and Nick, you mentioned Portland. I'll yeah. bet you you and I can travel to any major league soccer city in the country right now. Mm-hmm. And we say we are RSL. One of the top things, like you said, was Nick Romando. I'll bet you the other one is Kyle Beckerman. Yeah. I, I don't think Jason Christ is a thing people mention in other cities. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, that was a few years ago, so... Who knows, five, seven years from now, whether Nick Romando will be that as well? Sure. I think he will, but let's see. Uh, Javier Morales, I mean, we all know him and love him, and he's done everything that possibly can do for the club. But at the right. end of the day, I do. Uh, if he traveled to Portland tomorrow, I bet you most people don't know who Javier Morales is. Everyone, I mean, I'm talking about like the population of the people in the stadium watching a game. Sure, that's fair. I'll bet you nine out of ten of those, whether whether they're playing us or not, no, well, maybe nine out of ten might be. We always underestimate the the crowd fair weathers and like the you know the weekend warriors there. Right. But I'll bet you the vast majority of people. I'll bet you nine out of ten season ticket holders in Portland right now know who Nick Romando is, know who Kyle Beckerman is, and I will also say that. Eight out of ten probably do not know who Javier Morales is. Oh, I don't think it's that high. I think it is. And who Jason Christ is. Maybe Jason Christ is different because he had the national team. Uh, uh, no, not the national team. He's, he's helping with the national team. Right. He did the NYCFC he thing. The NYCFC, Orlando thing. Yes. No, nah, man. I think Javier Morales carries more clout than that. And in, in, in the bigger cities, maybe like five out of ten. Name me um, top five all-time greatest Timbers. I mean, legend status. Like ever? Yeah. I mean, if I'm the average Timbers fan, I think I can get three. No, no. I'm asking you. I'm not asking. I'm like uh, Nat Borchers. I think I think they very quickly really? fell. In, I think they fell in love with Nat Borchers. I think he, why it's why he's built a career up there. Uh, Valeri, Diego Chara, Chara Valeri. Okay. I would say some would might say Adi. Okay. I, I know that's a stretch. Um, it's a long stretch. Yeah, name a bit popular blue guys. Yeah, yeah I, can't, I can't name a fifth. Yeah. They, they do. I mean, the, the guys I've named, like the first three for sure are legend status for the Timbers. I don't think Nat Borchers is the legend. In, uh, they the love Nat Borchers up in Timbers. I'm sure, but we love Nat Borchers down here. I mean, let me ask, uh, he's <clears> also a commentator. For them. Brian Dunseth is a commentator for RSL. Is he a top five player legend? ever? Yeah. No, but like yeah. he's like part of the, like, the, like you didn't ask who's in the spirit like brian dunseth is very much in the spirit of real salt lake yeah like he's one of our guys he doesn't just because i i, I think you're confusing on-field performance with off-field i'm not uh, i'm uh, actually uh, being uh, very uh, vigilant that's why i'm saying adi wouldn't ever never crack that no because he's there. done some stuff on the field for them right right just right. on the field 
Yeah, but Nat Borchers in his, I think, two, three years up there, helped them win an MLS Cup. That's why I throw them in there. Like, they, they recognize the fact that they couldn't do it without him. Okay, what about Robbie Russell for us? He helped us win an MLS Cup. Yeah. yeah. Okay, anyways, it doesn't right. matter. We're, we're deviating We're from saying the- goodbye to Nick Romando. We, we, we still do need to do a fuller episode of Nick Romando. I mean, I was actually preparing because we were supposed to do it the other day, mm-hmm. but My life bad. got in the way. Yeah, this whole getting sick thing, really. There's... Uh, there's, Health. I mean, you can do a two-hour episode just like as highlights on, on, on his career. Absolutely. Uh, but we promise we will not do that. Let's get into the game real quick. So Real Salt Lake just did two, three things. First, sent off a legend with a, one last win. Very well, by the way. And that's regular season. Last thing I'm going to say about that, mm. that's how Javi should have been sent off the first time. Yeah. Just going to get that out of the way and Agreed. leave it, leave it at that. Uh, second thing they did is they beat Houston Dynamo at home. Dynamo at home. It was not a pretty game. (laughs) We won. And the third thing, maybe most important thing that we did tonight for the sake of this season is Mm -hmm. Real Salt Lake officially and finally clinched the playoffs in the Western Conference. Yes, we have clinched an MLS playoff berth. All right. So we covered Nick Romando in a bit of detail here. Let's Mm -hmm. get into the game real quick. What's your thoughts on the game? Like this gets thrown out a ton but I think I've used it, you know, in, in earlier in the season in this podcast. But to me, it, it was like the epitome of a tale of, of two halves. Did you, think, did you think they did well in the second half before, say, the 70th? No, it's the substitutions that saved the second half for me. But I feel like most of the second half was positive. The first 10 minutes were a tire fire. Just more of the first half, yeah. But but enough of the second half was was good that I feel like it, I can kind of use the whole, like. Don't, let me put it like this: I don't think it was like the pep talk in the, you know, in, in the in the uh, locker room, in the locker room mm-hmm. that like did it. I think the substitutions changed the game, yeah. but uh, but the first half was just abysmal. It was just bad soccer. I think we were a better team than Houston Dynamo tonight for a combined 10 minutes. Uh, the, the inverse. 15 if you yeah. are very generous. I, I would probably stretch it to like 25, maybe 30 minutes, uh, personally. Uh, yeah. I, I think the uh, second uh, those subs came on, the game changed. All of a sudden, we were dangerous. Th- that's why I love Bovo. Bo- yeah, Bovo yeah. is so unpredictable. I think Bo- that sub made no sense to me. But before we get to that sub, yeah, I absolutely agree. The first 45 minutes... We got super lucky, right? We, Nick Romando giving that ball away. The guy eventually scoring. It was a, a handball called on think, him. I think they ended up saying he was offside. Um, I think. Don't quote me on there that. Was, there was also an offside goal. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think if we were a little less lucky and maybe Houston's a little more clinical in finishing, that first half ends with us down 2-1, 3-1 easily. That was horrible, easily. horrendous. Uh, by the way, that Corey Baird put away. Ooh, the beauty, beauty of a goal. That was like that, a that's how, you, that's how you start thing. a game. But then we didn't see him after that. He just completely disappeared. Yeah. Um, to me, it still makes no sense to have a Corey Beard play over a healthy Bofo Sacedo. I've been saying this, how many times have I said this this season? 20, 30? Yeah, quite a few. It makes no sense. None at all. The only thing that Corey Beard has on Bofo, and I like Corey. I want him to do well. But as is, the only thing he has on him is pace. I think Corey Baird is faster. He's a little more physical, but he's not using it, really. 
and he has this terrible habit of disappearing for 60 minutes at a time to the point of where I see some guy touch the ball. I'm like, who's? Oh, that's Corey Barrett still <laughs> on the field. Completely forgot he was still there. Right. All right, first 45, tire fire, horrible, horrendous, terrible. We were lucky to walk out of that first half, 1-1. Now, this is where you and I might differ because I don't think we were better for 20 of the 45 minutes in the second half. I, I think once uh, Bofo came in for Demir, I don't know if it was just the shape. I don't know if Demir was tired. I don't know if dudes were like, all right, time to turn it on. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe elevation, you know, we always talk about elevation maybe, doing maybe its part. It up. Maybe it finally caught up and dudes were tired. Um, but, but the game just changed somewhere around the 65, 70 minute mark for me, where all of a sudden I'm, I'm trying to look up. Yeah. But it's not like we were consistently better from that point forward. We still had that like 80 something minutes where there were, there was, there were flurries. There were flurries of Houston attacking, but it wasn't like the dominant performance of the first half where Houston was just a better team. All right, so um, let's talk. So 75th minute, Severino scores that second goal. Yeah. I would say for the five minutes before that and more, the like 90% of the minutes after that, RSL was the better team. I, I will I will give you that there were moments where Houston was like, yeah, they looked dangerous. Was, was looking dangerous and creating flurries. Yes. But I interpreted that more as like a death rattle, like last throw it all yeah. up, you know, attempts. In a 2-1 game, they don't get to yeah, have a lot yeah, of those. Right. You know, you throw some bodies up there to see what you can do. Then any kind of meaningful possession, meaningful attack, meaningful combination. I would say overall, it is not an undeserved victory. I think it's a deserved victory. I think overall, we were a better team. Yeah. But we were overall, I think, a better team by very little. And we were playing one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, what I really hope for MLS is that going MLS. what I really hope for is that we see this kind of performance from Houston next week. But we'll get yes. to that in just a second. Anyone stand out for good or bad? I mean, Everton had himself a, a pretty solid game, in my opinion. Um, he he kind of comes to mind. I I think the obvious answer is, is Savarino, who I think had a standout performance. I think for what's worth, this was the second half, especially no one in the first half really impressed. But in the second half, I think Albert Rushnak was a little more dangerous than usual. Uh, Aaron uh, Herrera had a save in the first half. That would have been a certain goal. Yeah. Was that Herrera? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember the defense wasn't all that bad. I think Nedham had himself a pretty solid game again. I, I thought Nedham was player of the match right up there with Everton. Maybe. maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. All in all, this very much felt like kind of the team coming together and just getting it done versus one individual guy being head and shoulders above the rest. Uh, if I had to give it to somebody, I'd give it to Severino just for that beauty of a goal. It, it was nice. Ah, see, I think Severino is like comes in third to me. It would be probably Nedham, then Everton, and those are interchangeable. And then maybe Severino. Wow. <clears throat> I thought both of our outside backs had a good game. For a change, Toya, I thought had a very good game. Hmm. No one really had a bad game. In in a way, it's funny, but in a way, it's almost like Demir and Kyle had the worst games. Maybe even yeah. Corey, despite that beauty of a goal, he had a really good 20 seconds. Which, as a forward, that's all you need sometimes. Right. But I would say that the bottom, the bottom performers on that on the team tonight, I thought were, again, Kyle Beckerman, Demir Krylock, 
those are those names don't come up very often sure as bottom performers and then right. the guy who scored the nicest goal of the night i thought um cory baird yeah yeah it was a nice goal very nice goal so anything else we want to talk about this game right now before we get to some other the, topics the, while we were talking on the on the subject of legends being honored it might be worth noting that tony beltran had himself a little little yeah. uh, halftime ceremony that was was pretty nice um that you know just another one of those guys that is just the face of a club and then yes. just all these emotions tied into his playing time um rsl is going to look inter- be a very interesting club next year uh, very different from what very, we're used and, to and we'll get into some of that i think in the tuesday full, yes. full run episode but um a lot, of, a lot of change on the horizon. I'm very know, glad that the club decided to do something nice for him. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that, for sure. I mean, I, I saw some comments that it wasn't well thought out. I just thought, I just think that the... It was the, a little last minute. Yeah, there's just a thought. And just to go out of their way and do something for him, I think, shows right. something. I mean, he did play his entire professional career. Yeah. That's right, where, that's noteworthy. Let's get into uh, some other things real quick. While we were playing, some, some some other Western Conference rivals were also playing each other tonight. So let me read off a few scores for us. Right. And then we'll uh, I'll read off the scores. Okay. Uh, we can mention each briefly if we wish. And then we'll go to the standings and just very high level quickly discuss what is happening. Because like we mentioned earlier, we did officially clinch the playoffs. Right. I'm going to skip all the Eastern Conference ones. So let's just get... <laughs> Let's get to a couple of games that are the definition of MLS going to MLS. Okay. Colorado Rapids beat FC Dallas 3-0 at home. Here's an even better MLS going to MLS. LA Galaxy, to whom we just lost last week, mm-hmm. lose at home to the Vancouver Whitecaps, the worst team in the Western Conference. Maybe not anymore, but they were by a score of four to three or three to four. Yep. So Galaxy loses tonight. Minnesota at home plays a tie against LAFC. Speaking of a tire fire, I mean, they're they they haven't won a thing in a while right. consistently. They what don't have to the score there. One 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 one. We obviously beat Houston. Then the Seattle Sounders go on to beat the San Jose Quakes, Earthquakes, 1-0 in San Jose through a 94th-minute goal. Right. That's, that could have... And then Portland Timbers ties Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City 2-2. I read a stat somewhere the other day that Portland Timbers, I think, have won two of the last nine games... Yeah, and yeah, the eight of those bad. were at home. Yeah, they've they've they were kind of banking on this like late season home run where they would just have a ton of games. They had, I at think, home. was it twelve out of thirteen or something? Yeah, because they played their entire ridiculous. like entire yeah. two first two or three months on the road. So now let's get into the standings as they are right now. This is updated with all those scores we mentioned. This is going into the last game day of this season. LAFC up top, done deal, right? How many points? Sixty nine. Jeez. And that's with them basically being off for the past month and a half. Then, it gets interesting. Minnesota is second at 53. Seattle is third at 53. This is a goal difference thing, I think. Is it not wins? 
Nope, they have the same number of wins, both 15. LA Galaxy are fourth at 51 points. By the way, they have more wins than those two other teams. We are fifth and at 50 points. And then we get down to Portland at 46, Dallas at 45, Quakes at 44, and Colorado, who's mathematically still in, at 42. So it goes Portland, and then who in between Portland? Portland, Dallas, San Jose, Colorado. Now, here's the thing. Mm -hmm. There's one game left. We're in fifth. Right. Portland is in sixth. They have four points less than we do. Right. Which means we cannot fall below fifth. Correct. The worst we can finish the season is fifth. Right. Now, it gets interesting. LA Galaxy has one point more than we do at 51. They're yes. playing Houston, the team we just barely beat. They're playing right. Houston next week. And this brings all sorts of fun storylines into it. Remember last year, Houston basically got us into the playoffs by beating none other than the LA Galaxy. LA yeah. Galaxy. I remember that. The same day at the same time, the second and third place teams, Minnesota United and Seattle Sounders, play each other. Yes. Remember? Seattle's hosting, is that? Marie Nightcrawler is Seattle host. Yeah, I, don't know. I didn't look at that. Seattle's hosting Minnesota. So remember this: both teams have fifty-three points, which means three points more than we do. Mm -hmm. Both teams have fifteen wins, right. same number that we do. Now the reason this becomes interesting next week. So here's the the skinny, the bottom line: the highest Real Salt they can finish at the end of next next week would be third, and the lowest would be fifth. Third, fourth, fifth. That's all we can do. Right. LA Galaxy have it in their hands, if they win next week, that they finish ahead of us, no matter what else happens. Correct. Each of the teams of Minnesota and Seattle have it in their own hands, in their own control, to finish not just ahead of us. Ahead of LA Galaxy. And each other. So second. Oh, yes, also that. Yep. However, what could happen next week, let's just make an assumption. Mm-hmm. Let's just for a second assume for some reason we were, we're going to win against Vancouver away. Right. The team who just beat LA Galaxy in LA. Correct. If we win at Vancouver away next week, as long as there is not a tie between Minnesota and Seattle, we're top four. Right. We, we take that third Well, spot. depends what happens in LA. But sure. what I'm saying is if one of the two, Minnesota or Seattle, wins that game and right. it's not a tie right and we win our game top four which means a home game in right. the playoffs yeah if also la galaxy does anything but win at houston so if they tie or mm -hmm. lose we win our game anything other than tie between the uh, minnesota seattle we could go up to three right it, it would which would be ideal it would be very much in our best interest to go to vancouver and win is is the simple well, yeah. simple philosophy uh la we galaxy could still finish fifth if that happens right yeah for but sure two but other results have to go very precisely against us right and uh, who's la galaxy play oh yeah they're playing houston houston, houston and then uh san jose uh, oh, it doesn't matter uh, that's all yeah. below that right we can right. cover that in the extended version on tuesday yeah right um yeah i mean all, all in all we we were kind of masters of our own fate and then we went ahead and lost to LA Galaxy at home. Because I didn't bring my yellow wristband. You you jinxed it. You put a 
you put a dang jinx on the whole thing. Um, no, I, at, at this point, away versus home is changes drastically, in my opinion, of how I feel about how we're going to do. Right. Um, that being said, so, you know, realistically, we're either going to away to LA Galaxy, Seattle, or Minnesota. Yes. All three of those are doable, obviously. Right. Um, there's one I prefer over the other two, and there's two I prefer over the other one, and there's one I least want, and that's Minnesota. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, let's just go to Vancouver, do our part of the of what we need to do, rest some key guys between now and then, and and just just get those three points, and then if things fall away, things fall away. I have a strong feeling that we we end up hosting a home playoff game. That I want you to be right so badly. I think. Look, there is a decent chance that the other two results don't work out. Let, let's let's just clarify. If you, if um, Minnesota and Seattle tie mm -hmm. and LA Galaxy wins their game, it does not matter what we do. Right. Does not matter. Correct. I do not see those both of those scenarios happening. Right. I can see a Minnesota Seattle tie, but then maybe Houston gets a tie as well out of LA or something. I would hate for something like this to happen. Seattle beats Minnesota. Or better, Minnesota beats Seattle. LA ties Houston and then we lose in Vancouver sure. or tie Vancouver sure. and we're still fifth. Right. And we're still facing um in this case well, we can go over that on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. It would not be Minnesota, but it would be either LA or Seattle away. Right. And probably Seattle away. And then let's assume you get like that's a big assumption, but if you get through that first round, you are entering the wood chipper yeah. that is LAFC. The, the, I think the difference I said this to you before. Fifth is the least thankful position in all of Western Conference or any conference in this case because, A, you don't get to host the home game. Right. And, B, even if you make it through, bam, LAFC's you waiting. You got LAFC waiting. There's a part of me, and I just thought about this. You roll out the C squad for uh, for the Vancouver game. Just say, hey, guys, go go – Go do what you got to do. Mm -hmm. Rest the first team that initial week. Don't even travel them. Why? Because I think that first game, it comes up pretty quickly. No, I thought it was like a week away or something. Was it? Well, we can look at that later. It doesn't but, matter. Yeah, it's, but it's you, a quick you know, half an hour yeah. in already. All right. Well, I mean, that's really all we wanted to get into was the, those standings. Yeah. And high, as high as third, as you, low as fifth. Let me ask you. Yeah. As, as high as third, mm -hmm. everything goes well, as low as where we are right now. Right. And then it, we have to watch the table, see whom we're facing. I think if we do not win in Vancouver, mm -hmm. actually, yeah, as, as a fact, if we do not win in Vancouver, we're traveling to either Minnesota, Seattle, or LA. Right. I just have a feeling that we should probably prepare for an away Seattle. I, I just don't know why. Um, I'm just kind of getting that ready. I, I think this team gets a win in Vancouver. For what it's worth, so do I. And I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in Houston doing what they did last year again. No, no, LA Galaxy is going to come out yep. a little weary of that. I also I don't see Seattle and Minnesota tying. I think Minnesota wins that game by quite a bit. And really? then, I think then we'd be looking at a home against Seattle playoff match. That's I. I mean, 
from this, from where we are right now, mm -hmm. that is ideal. Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would probably prefer out of all of them, home flounders. Even away, I would rather play away at Sounders than away at Galaxy or Minnesota. Yeah, if we're playing away, I think it'd go LA Galaxy, Seattle, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Just because that dang turf field up there. I know, but then yeah. there's that. Just, that we don't do there, well there, to there's clink. There's Zlatan. Yeah, yeah, but he's like exhausted at this point. Yeah, um, yeah I think he steps it up for the playoffs. Clink. I, I just don't want to go to the clink. Nice. Century Link Field. Uh, it, it's just that plastic field. It's an NFL thing. We never do well up there. We d we historically do not. Correct. I, I just I would prefer. I, I mean, I'd prefer us host. And if we're gonna host, definitely Seattle because I think they travel the worst out of those three. I think if we host, Seattle is by far the most likely opponent. Right. Um. And and away, I think I pick LA Galaxy. Hmm. Okay. I, I just think they're the most beatable away. All right, RSL Nation, this has been your post-match quickie. To recap real quick, made the playoffs, sent off Nick in style, at least with the points and the goals. Also Tony. Uh, also Tony, yes. And we're both pretty positive. Oh, we made the playoffs. And we're both positive that we might host a playoff game. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a good night. RSL Nation, we love you.